What up? Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother's friend and our cousin, Keele. Tonight, we're bringing back a fam favorite, a very knowledgeable author of the number one selling fantasy black book series, from our fam to yours, Joe Pizapia. Joe Pizapia, what's going on, man? What's up, boys? How are you doing? Well, it's good to be back. Happy to have you back, man. Always happy to talk football with my brothers, especially all these Jersey boys, too. Look at all you. Is everyone <laughs> fist pumping during the podcast or what? How's this we're, not, we're not all like that, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm from Brooklyn originally, but I've lived in New Jersey for more than half my life. So it's okay, man. You got to embrace it. It's, it is what it is at this point. As they would say in New Jersey, it is what it is. You know, what are you going to do? That we do actually say. I try to keep it alive <laughs> down in Texas, you know. So, <laughs> I had some Taylor Ham egg and cheese earlier. Oh, about to take some Jaeger bombs. You know, I'm living it up over here. Jealous. Now you call a pork roll. Or you call a Taylor Ham. That's the Ooh. debate. Oh, it's it's Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham. Wife calls it pork roll because she's from South the Jersey. Jersey Shore. And she's from the Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah York, there so. it is. There it is. There you go. That's exactly but, that's the right answer. <laughs> but it's still amazing. Yeah, so, so no it's pork roll, then, it. technically. Then. <laughs> yeah, it's a regional thing. That's what it is. See, who needs to talk about football? We can talk about pork roll or Taylor Ham. That's the debate that everybody needs to have the definitive argument about. It'll go on for days, man. All the good hot dog and chili spots, too, around here. It's insane. So football season is just around the corner. Drafts are happening. Joe, let's just go through a couple quick fire questions. Just you and me. One or the other. Biggie Tupac type thing. Yes. Let's do it. DJ Moore in the fourth or Curtis Samuel in the seventh? Curtis Samuel in the seventh. I'll take my chances. Which 49ers wide receiver, and you can't <laughs> say George Kittle, will emerge <laughs> as a serviceable fantasy asset at some point this season? Dante Pettis, oh. Jalen Hurd, or Debo? Like, you know what? Look, I'll, I want to say none. You know I want to say none. I know you know that I know I want to say none. But – uh I'm going to key in on the word serviceable at some point in the season. So let's go Debo. How's that? How's that? Serviceable. <laughs> Jalen Hurd's already a preseason superstar. Yeah, well, go back and look at last year's preseason superstars. and I mean, That's one of my favorite things I do on Black Book all the time. I pull up the names and I pull up stuff that everybody was buzzing about this time last year or two years ago or three years ago. And it is absolutely hilarious it's one of my favorite bits we do and we'll probably do it next week it's probably we're just about in that point where i pull up old stuff from other years and people just laugh their ass off how like 95 percent of it did not come well you know like laquan treadwell remember all the you know there's that guy meanwhile he's he's on his way out finally after all these years so you know there's a million of these guys man they have moments and people have more and then it's just that's it never happens busts every year man human beings yeah what preseason just shouldn't move your needle that much Major injuries, that's different. Uh, someone losing a job, that's different. But, you know, it's just I don't think I think preseason is vastly overrated and overreacted to. Well, here's a couple of uh, potential overreactions for you. Um, Alan Robinson <laughs> or Alshon Jeffrey will either finish as a top 15 wide receiver. If one of them does, I think it's Jeffrey. And I think it's based on Carson Wentz and the kind of attack I think they're going to have. Um I just think those those bears are going to be very run heavy. And I think that with Tariq Cohn and Montgomery there, I think Robbins is going to have some moments. But to finish in top 15, has got to be very consistent. And for me, I, I'll take my shot with Jeffrey on that. Swaggy Nagy, that's my boy. It is, you- yeah. I love, I love me some Nagy. But I just I, I think that Robinson, I think, just a little worried about him. But I'm giving too much information. It's supposed to be either or. So keep going. <laughs> you got to see. Hey, it's Joe, hard to stop uh... the Italian from talking. It's just hard. <laughs> it's just in my nature, man. Impossible. 
It's impossible. <laughs> Too many Schwedels. <laughs> oh, and you say it nice. Look at you. Look at you. At a boy. <laughs> hey, Joey P. Hey, hey. My father loves them. I hate them. I think they taste like crap. My father loves them. I don't know why. You're like on one or the other. Like you're either you're either on the, you're on the I love it or I hate it side. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I should try it again now that I'm an old fart. I don't know. Just keep it on a revolving list around the holidays, you know. <laughs> there you go. Todd Gurley, are you drafting him this year? Yes, all over the place, a hundred times. So much Todd Gurley. I own every share there is to own a Todd Gurley. What about uh? Zeke? Why why aren't you drafting Todd Gurley? What's the matter? You scared? <laughs> we don't know what we you know. We don't know. <laughs> I know something. I know he's the best running back in football, and I, mean, I know that, that is, even that just if you scale him back ten percent, that he's still a top five running back. And I know that offense is great, and I know he's thinner, and I know that he's managed this, and I know that they're not going to practice him as hard all year, and I know all those things, and I love that he's going in the second round. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> That just sold. That just sold me. <laughs> Come get some. Me, me and Bogman on the on the. Forget it. The me and Bogman, especially on Black Book, we are we're like stamp. We're we're putting the flag, man, on the Todd Gurley thing. Like he does not get. Uh, dude, I just started a super flex team today in one of our listener leagues. I started it, DeAndre Hopkins and then Todd Gurley. So hey, let's go. Let's do it. I'm all in. Man. Let's go. Todd Gurley. I hope Sean McVay gets a little more creative with his play calling, you know, as per the Super Bowl running the same that he ran in the first eight weeks. Well, of the season. I think the student met the master, you know, I mean, think about this. Think about the road to that Super Bowl. OK, he, he stopped Patrick Mahomes from scoring in the first half of that game. Bill Belichick, that is an incredible feat just in and of itself. That's what won that game. Two quarters without Patrick Mahomes scoring. That's it. That was the difference, because after the second half, they made adjustments. They were running all over the place. But that's Bill Belichick is a genius and people can call him whatever they want. They can call him a cheat. They can call him whatever you can, you can, I can hear all that noise all day. Go look at the tape. The guy knows what he's doing in terms of coaching football. And he learned it all from his time on the New York giants. <laughs> wow. Well, Parcells never won dick without him. So that's a conversation for another time. I'm not biased. I'm not biased. I'm just a giants fan. Yeah. That's fine. Well, I'm a, yeah, it's fine. But Parcells still never won anything without him. moving on. <laughs> the bills the two bills so currently the 30th running back being drafted will lamar miller finish as a top 12 running back Uh, i want i no not top 12 no god no please no no more out I think you're torn on this one though Since no then, i just i'm so over lamar miller and i was hoping going into this year the foreman would unseat him and then that they just dropped him. but now they got duke johnson and johnson i think they're going to use in a lot of different ways i think he's going to play in the slot too and they might change some of the the shares of, of what they used to do with lamar miller in certain ways through duke johnson just in more creative ways so time will tell but uh, look i get lamar miller it's the boring whatever it's safe it's fine it's also limited. There's nothing wrong with it, but to finish top 12, no. I mean, I, I don't think that's where he's going to finish, especially not in PPR leagues. I know it's baffling, that situation. And I'm surprised they didn't draft more offensive linemen with experience or pick anybody up, honestly. Yeah, I was a little, it was kind of a weird offseason for them, just generally speaking. But I think looking for them too, it's just they've they've got so many contracts coming up soon. They're, they're just trying to hold tight. That they're just trying to like keep the cap down until they can expand it for some of the guys you're going to have to expand it for soon. Will Kyler Murray finish as a top 30 quarterback? I mean, top seven quarterback. 
<laughs> he just shows up uh, as a as a top seven in my opinion now, and I don't care. I, I know everybody loves him. I love him too. I'm short. He's short. He's my people. I get it. But no, I don't think he finishes a top seven quarterback. A lot of hype. A lot of hype. We we shall see. That's why they play the game, right? That's why we play the game. That's what's fun. Yeah. We could check back later. You could tell me if I'm right or wrong in a couple in uh, you know 12, 15 weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better fantasy season, Mitchell, the truth, Bitsky, or Josh Allen, from a fantasy perspective, of course. I think it's close, but I'll say Trubisky just based on Matt Nagy. I think what he, I, I think just get over the inconsistencies of last year and Trubisky's ready to take a step forward. And whereas I think this year is going to be Josh Allen's, you know, uh, adjustment period, I guess you could say. Yeah, I really like what the Bills did um, this offseason with the offensive line and some of the weapons. But we, I, I like Swaggy Nagy a lot, so we'll, we'll see. That'll be fun. All right, this is an interesting one too. This isn't. Um, I'm not going to provide you with much information, but if you can <laughs> tell tell us and and our and our audience a double digit round deep sleeper that nobody's talking about. I know that's tough, but you could do it, Jeff. Uh, as as we've talked about in the past, there's no such thing as sleepers. Sleepers are dead. The internet killed sleepers years ago. In fact, it becomes the inverse. Guys who should be a value are no longer value because they get over discussed. But nobody's talking about Tyler Eifert, and tight end sucks. So I'm not saying he's a savior. All I'm saying is all that guy does is catch touchdowns. If he's healthy, he's on the field. All he's got to do is catch a touchdown to be a tight end one every week. That's a very low bar, and the the, the field is not very good. So no one's talking about him. And if you're in a 14-team league, I think you should pay attention. I think you should stash him on your bench because as long as he's healthy and playing, he's a touchdown machine. He always has been. He always will be. And I think in this offense, there's very little red zone targets uh, You know, guys you can really look to for that role. And he's one of them, especially with A.J. Green out. And he's healthy now, right? For now. What time is it? It's, you know, it's 930 on the East Coast. Yeah, he's healthy right now. <laughs> he could take That's a wrong far. step. Or yeah, look, I don't want to get you way. in the morning. By the time this goes out and gets published, he might not be healthy anymore. <laughs> That's so sad. You know, That's just somebody so to keep your eye on. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so now that we know that Tyler Eifert is one of your favorite athletes, <laughs> Let's um, <laughs> let's pivot and talk about a few other ones that we plan to target this season and draft for for any particular reason. It could be value, scheme, coach, opportunity. It doesn't matter because you're drafting him. So tell us who he is and why. Joe, why don't you kick this off? Well, I already said I'm drafting Gurley everywhere. But uh, for me, one of those guys uh, that I love to draft, and I've got shares of him, I started drafting him early in FSGA in one of the earliest drafts of the year. And I'm still drafting him now as we're in mid-August, and it's David Montgomery. The value, I think, is perfect. Um, the return on investment is exactly where I want it to be. It hasn't risen to the point where it's getting out of control because people are still worried about Tariq Cohen's role and all that. Meanwhile, this guy's a better version of Jordan Howard in every way. Uh, he's a little bit more physical, too, and you've seen some of the highlights of that, not just from college, but even already in some of these practices and some of the scrimmages and things like that, too. So very exciting guy, uh, and I think an offense is ready to take that step forward, and they drafted him for a reason. And kind of much like you saw the Patriots go reach for Sony Michelle early. That's just how I feel about Montgomery this year. And uh, I've got a lot of shares of him so far. I think he's going to be an outstanding RB2 this year. Yes. It's great to hear you say that because I drafted him in my dynasty like a month ago. And I'm oh. very, very excited about it. Oh, it's terrific drafting. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, look, it, it's it. And people say, well, what about Tree Cone? It, it doesn't matter. The Tree Cone is Tree Cone. He's his own role. 
Uh, and just, you know, kind of like James White is his own thing in the Patriots offense. It's not going to change. You know, Tariq Cohn is not going to change because Montgomery's there. But Montgomery has more touchdown upside. And I also think over time, you can see Montgomery grow into other roles, especially in Dynasty. That's great. But this year, right now, young legs, good offense, good defense. Um, and a defense really kind of pretends that they're going to keep running the football and control that football. And I think that's what they want to do. Do you think that Mike Davis was brought in uh, strictly as like a security blanket if Montgomery? Hundred percent security blanket. Hundred percent security blanket. God forbid anything happens. I don't think Mike Davis is a worry whatsoever. And even if you see him week one, week two, I wouldn't panic because that's also just getting the guy's feet wet. And if somebody's panicking about Montgomery, go jump on him and go get him in a trade. I mean, that's the that's the future of the backfield with Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. That could be it's a, a scary one too. Could be a ridiculous one-two punch. Exactly. It's gonna. It's going to be. It's. It, I just had Emery Hunt on my show. Who uh, Emery's Emery's fantastic. He used to play uh, running back in college, and he covers a lot of college stuff. So he's one of those guys. And he's a huge Tariq Cohen fan. We just had him on Black Book a couple weeks ago, and he was talking all about you know having these two guys and the way this offense could be is going to be just absolutely game changing potentially. And and I agreed with him and you know, my, I put my money where my mouth is when it comes to draft. So I got these guys. Cause I say, I have these guys. It's all about conviction. Yep. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Brother. Why don't you, uh, why don't you talk to us about your favorite player? Yeah. One of, um, I, I probably talk too much about this guy actually, uh, Jameis Winston. And I know if, uh, if you have listened to our show, uh, previously, um, the love that I have for Jameis, it's all because of, a man named Bruce Arians, who is the quarterback guru. Um, he's currently going in the 10th round. I just, I know you can obviously wait for another quarterback, like if you like Big Ben or even Phillip Rivers, but I think that Jameis Winston, I know I have him ranked as my sixth quarterback right now, which is a little ridiculous, and I probably will get some slack for that, but I don't care. Uh, he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait. Those are some solid, solid weapons. Other quarterbacks that are going ahead of him, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, I don't think any of those guys can definitely have the season that Jameis has, um, all strictly because of Bruce Arians. Now, if you also look at where he's being drafted, some of the other players that are around there are Emmanuel Sanders, Nikhil Harry, Deshaun Jackson, Damian Harris, Austin Hooper. I mean, who who wants any of those shares? I know I don't. So if Jameis, if everything goes well, that means obviously I'll take Jameis around there, but it all depends on your actual league and how far people want to reach for him. But Jameis is a guy, I mean, I haven't done any of my big money leagues yet, but I'm definitely going to try to target Jameis. And if not all of them, most of them, if not all of them. That's a perfect example of why, by the way, earlier I was talking about Kyler Murray, not necessarily being a, a QB one this year at all, which I know seems it's unbelievable to some people, but you know, thinking about Kingsbury being the young coach, from the college ranks, we've seen a lot of those guys fail before. We're all their, you know, high flying offenses, whatever. The offensive line still sucks. But guys like Winston, who have a lot of talent, with Bruce Arians there, no less, who's one of my favorite coaches ever, especially for a from fantasy perspective. Those kind of guys should be able to, you know, be in that conversation. And I think that's what makes it so hard for even a good Kyler Murray season to really crack that top ten. Yeah, and you, I mean, he did it with he did it with Carson Palmer in Arizona, which he did it with Carson Palmer. But look, yeah, even guys like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins wasn't that bad last year. Jared Goff is a pretty good fantasy quarterback. I know it ain't always pretty, but like that's the problem. Like you've got to hit a certain stat level, and I understand he runs around, and that's great and all. But the other problem with that is I don't know how long he's going to run around before you know somebody like Khalil Mack takes him out. 
Right. I mean, this this ain't college. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. These, this is all. This is like facing Alabama every week. You know what I mean? Like Kyler, exactly. Like to go back. And we don't know what really happened quick. when we faced Alabama. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So it, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because like I mean, Kyler. The one thing, the one takeaway that I got from it is he is insanely small out there on the field. Holy crap. With those offensive linemen, those big boys, like he's going to have, like you said, Khalil Mack running after him. I mean, hopefully he learns from like RG3. I mean, RG3 had an incredible rookie season until he got absolutely destroyed on that one play. Kyler, obviously, I'm sure he watched game film. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he probably is going to learn from something like that. So I, obviously, I don't I don't want to see anything like that happen. I want to see this kid succeed just because he I mean, he's a, he, he could be a rare talent. I think the offensive line woes might actually help him because they're going to just roll him out and he's going to run and just chuck it down the field to one of the 17 receivers they drafted this past season. And, and he's going to finish as the fifth, fifth quarterback because they're going to have to score a ton of points because their defense is atrocious. And it's going to be fun to watch. So, brother, you mentioned uh, Jameis Winston. Let me talk about one of my favorites quickly. Um, and it's a shame that, Joe, to your point earlier, that there's no such thing as a sleeper now that there's the internet and everybody's writing an article on everybody. Is a podcast, which is fantastic, but when people start talking about this, the perception moves their ADP up in a in a hurry. And Chris Godwin has been moving up draft boards a lot. I've seen him go at the end of the third, early fourth right now, his ADP. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, the Bucks have 179 targets to replace. Adam Humphreys is gone. Deshaun Jackson is gone. Bruce Air Raid Arians is there. Father Time Bruce, who's going to help Jameis. They don't have any running back on the team whatsoever. I don't think they even have a roster spot because Peyton Barber is not a true running back. They're going to pass the ball almost every play. Chris Godwin is entering his third season in the NFL. That's the year typically that wide receivers break out, as they say. Studies show. He's going to play a majority of his snaps from the slot, which is the position that Larry Fitzgerald made famous in Arizona. I think he has a great shot for 80 catches, 1,000 yards, which squarely puts him in the wide receiver two range. And he's being drafted around the likes of Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. I'm taking I'm taking shares of Chris Godwin all day. And let's not forget former draft day darling Andre Ellington, who the Bucks picked up, who are going to help open up the slot for him as well. So, I Chris love Godwin. Godwin. I've got him everywhere. And you're right. He's starting to rise a little bit ADP wise, but I think he's worth it too, man. Just, you know, uh, I actually think the ceiling's higher for him. I think you're looking at more like 90 plus catches and like 1100. Like, I think that's, you know, because I just think they're going to be very, very pass heavy this year. Uh, it would be great if Ronald Jones could get it together, but you know, just even if he does, I, I would still think that Godwin's going to be great. And I play in a lot of super flex leagues and he's kind of like me, a default guy where I'm fine with him as like my one, a receiver if that's how it ends up being because in full point PPR super flex situations, that'll, that'll hunt. Uh, the stats will be the stats. He might not be the big name guy, but I think at the end of the day, the productivity is going to be there. And I think the weekly floor is going to be there for Godwin too, in terms of his role in the offense, especially when you got a guy like Mike Evans who's getting all the double coverage and you got to worry about OJ Howard running around too. Exactly. And then if they even throw Cameron Brigitte out there too, like there, he does have some weapons and they, and they can't run the ball, but oh, and he Joe, did well. He actually proved that he could do it last year when, Players were missing. Mike Evans was out. Chris Godwin had a couple monster games. Yeah, Godwin's a big talent. Well. You know, one, just get Dirk Cutter out of town and bring him Bruce Arians. Every, everything just changes dramatically there. And you're right. You know, you go look in the Larry Fitzgerald um, era there, how productive he was. And it's it's this is one of those times where 
if it fails, it would be very surprising to me. It really would. Joey P, same page, same book, the black book. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, are you there? Would you like to share your favorite player with us? So my biggest one this year, someone I never thought I would really get behind that wholeheartedly, um, if you go back to last year, is Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, not too long ago for me, was someone who was just an injury risk, who I was, I liked his talent, but I wasn't sure if I loved him as a player. And going into this year, I really love him. Um, final three games, we went over this like last episode or two episodes ago, is the fact that when they went to Stefanski, um, the fact is, is that they rushed the ball, they ran the ball so many more times, um, 27, uh, 28 times per game, actually. So over those final three games, they went over 100 yards as a team every single game. Okay. He has that potential in every single game he plays in, okay? He has no threats to him. He has no backups to him that are going to take off any anything away from him. You have Madison, who's a rookie. You have Amir Abdullah, who, you know, everybody's favorite, dud. Um, so he is there by himself. And not only that, he can catch over 50-plus passes, okay? Right now he's going as the 205 in most PPR-based leagues. Uh, do I think he's going to do that come, you know, September 1st? Probably maybe not. I think he, there's a chance he creeps up maybe to the 203, 202, because the running back scarcity in that in those early rounds, um, you know, after the first five go, you know, he is a great option along with Nick Chubb in that leader first, early second. He is by far my favorite second round running back, okay? He is, I, I, I have him right now as my number sixth or number seventh ranked running back going into the season. Um, he is a career 4.7 yards per uh, uh, rush kind of guy, and I think he's going to continue that this season. If he gets over 250 um, plus rushes like the bell cow he is and gets over 50 plus receptions, I think it's a complete possibility that he finishes as a top five running back. I just really hope he can stay healthy. Well, yeah, that's the one thing I didn't want to mention. I didn't want to mention the fact that, <laughs> yeah, that I just I, jinxed I, it. That I, just yeah, jinxed. I skirted. I skirted around it because I, as much as as much as I really love him going into this year, the the injury bug definitely kind of scares me. But does he have technical? Do, do we want to consider him injury prone yet? It's only going to be his third season in the league. And he he missed, hasn't what, played a full healthy one yet. I understand, but he only missed what two? What he missed a few? How many games, games he missed last year? Five games last year, I believe. Did he miss five games? I think, and then a majority of the season before, I, and he got uh, every year since Pee Wee football. I think. He's so it's like, do you want to invest the second? I know. Ball? Obviously, the, the the reward could be so. I high. think. I think while the risk might be a little bit there, obviously because of the injury history, I think the reward could be a top five back, especially because and this he is gets why I'm so high on Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's the same category. <laughs> yes, because Todd Gurley, chances are right now, which is it's a crime. But he's probably somewhere around that ADP, and many he's probably on the board at the same time Cook is. And yep. Todd Gurley is the best running back on the planet when he's on the field. And I, I don't care anybody. You, you can take your Zeke Elliotts, and yep. and you can take everybody out. Like Saquon is beautiful to watch, man. Saqu I love Saquon Barkley, but the Giants. No offense, no offense, Anthony. I don't want to upset you, but uh, no, the Giants have a lot of issues. <laughs> they have a lot of issues this year, you know. So I, I'm I'm looking at him like just thinking to myself, okay, well, you got the guy who's got the arthritic knee, but everybody's had surgery has arthritis in pieces and whatever happened at the end of last year, that was the end of last year. It's a new year. And there's been absolutely zero negative things happening since he's been at camp. There's like, there's just been no negatives. Every, it was all this buzz coming into preseason and it's driven the ADP so far down all this negative stigma. And then you got a guy like cook who I agree. The talent is there. The talent is extraordinary. I love cook. I was one of the biggest cook supporters when he came out of college. I had him probably ranked higher than anybody else. And I had him everywhere 
me and Jake Seeley, we were doing the same show together at that time. And when he came out, we were just all, we used to fight each other in leagues for Dalvin Cook shares. And then next thing you know, there he's gone. And it just, it was just, you had it. It was like you had it in your hand. And it slipped through your fingers. I think he can be that guy. But if it's a, it's a case where you're looking at him or Gurley in the same spot, I find it hard to not take Gurley over him. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if both of them are there for me, there is that is the discussion. Is it Gurley? Well, discussion with myself. But um, it's Gurley or Cook. And I, I don't think that Daryl Henderson is going to play too much of that you know role with Gurley as much as some people think he might. Um, but I think there is a little bit more worry in that regard because they haven't been open and honest about what's going on with Gurley and his health and where he stands. Um, but with Cook, yeah, it's the injury risk. It's the purely the injury risk. If he's hurt, he's done. If if not, I think he's a top five back. They might try to limit Gurley more than they're going to limit Cook. Yeah, why didn't Gurley get the ball in the Super Bowl? Like, if well, he's not yeah. hurt, why is he not getting the ball in the Super Bowl every single There's time? a lot of speculation about, about what went on there and if that was McVay just – you know, uh, the organization trying to protect the investment and that they made there. There's so many things going around rumors flying about what happened there because he, he had played the week before and was actually pretty decent. So I think what it was, was this combination of ego and bad judgment. And, you know, it all just got away. And this is what happens to even the best coaches when they go up against Belichick, they, they outthink themselves. I mean, go, go look at, go look at the Seattle Seahawks. Why, why didn't you just give the ball to Marshawn Lynch? Go look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why don't you just run out the clock? Go look at the Atlanta Falcons. They're what the hell are you doing? Every, yeah. they, you get into these chess games with him, and it's just – it's the worst, and he's so good at it, and he puts players – he makes you change personnel. He makes you do all these things, and this is stuff that doesn't come up in fantasy much, but this is what this is what makes Belichick so special, and this is why everyone's tired as hell of the Patriots because, because they win – because what he's able to do is he's playing chess when everybody else is just playing checkers, even the best guys. And it's just amazing to watch. It's like water boy. It's like the water boy when the coach like sees, like <laughs> he sees like the angry face on like the other sideline. And he's like, Oh crap. Like what, what, what do yeah. I do now? Like he forces I, I you to make bad decisions. <laughs> he forces you to make bad decisions. And, and then, and a lot of these coaches, you know, the, I mean, there are a lot of great coaches. We're talking I mean, Pete Carroll's won Super Bowls, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, Sean McVay is one is probably my, you know, second or third favorite coach in the league. He's fantastic. The guy's insane. He can remember every play from like 1994 that it was in his, like his pop Warner football league. Like the guy's nuts. But at the same time, I think he just got in a position where they overthought everything. They were trying to protect the investment. They had all these things. They thought they could just get it done without it. And they didn't want to risk something greater where, hey, you don't want to ruin the run of a guy. But, you know, look, I understand everybody be concerned about Gurley. He's had a whole offseason. He's got a whole preseason. He doesn't have to be Todd Gurley, even Todd Gurley, 90% of what he was last year with Henderson getting the thing. That might be great for Todd Gurley. That might even make him more effective. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most polarizing offseason topics, I think, going into a fantasy season. Yeah, that I, but the that upside is the best running back in football, and that's that's something you have to consider. It's not the upside is, oh, this guy's an RB1. The upside is he's the best player on the he planet. He could be an RB1, exactly. Right. It's not like, oh, well, you know, like, well, I love this guy. Maybe this guy will, maybe, you know, maybe Aaron Jones will sneak into RB1 at the end of the year. Okay, yeah, maybe he will. But, you know, the upside of Todd Gurley is number one overall player, and I think that's something that – if the discount is there and you don't take that shot and I get it, it's not for everybody. I get it. I'm taking it everywhere. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll ride or die. But I'm also the guy two years ago when nobody wanted to touch Todd Gurley. It said he was going to be the fantasy MVP. And I had people came at me 
everywhere on Twitter, on the radio, they would call he in and dominated. say I was an idiot. Yeah. And what did he do? He had 20 touchdowns. And then the next year, everyone said all the regression in the world last year. Well, guess what? Even up until the injury, where was all the regression? Yeah. <laughs> oh he God, was blowing everyone out of the water last year. It was amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was just an unfortunate end, you know, so got to shake that off and get going. Ooh, I want to have a, I want to draft right now so I can see. <laughs> We're currently well, in the draft good. right now. We got late. There's four of us right now. We just need eight more people. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's listening? Hit us up on Twitter. Let's go. Let's right. get this draft going. This is unbelievable. Joe, you have any other uh, players you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. Well, in terms of like guys that I find uh, guys that I end up owning a lot of, um, I find myself owning a lot of Larry Fitzgerald because sleepers aren't always about, um, you know, the new young guy. Sometimes it's also about, you know, guys who get, lost in the shuffle or guys you take for granted. And I think people are taking Larry Fitzgerald for granted. If you think Kyler Murray is going to be this good, which everybody seems to think so, are we not going to rely on the hall of fame wide receiver? I mean, that, that I mean that would seem like the smart thing to do. And I love Christian Kirk as much as the next person, but let's not forget about him. Let's also not forget about Jarvis Landry. Who's a catch machine who now yes. is going to have a ton of single coverage on him. Uh, I think those are the kind of players you have to keep in mind and, and remind yourself about that. Don't take proven, proven veteran guys for granted and that's what happens everybody just ad nauseum wants to talk about the Debo's and want to talk about the Miles Sanders and want to talk about all the new toys and that's great but the old toys work you know and and just don't lose that in the shuffle I think uh, Mike Williams is another guy too that I have so many shares of because I just think if there's a guy that can can leap into that wide receiver one conversation I think it's him this is a guy who has enormous touchdown ability he is impossible to guard in the red zone. And I think he's another guy who's ready to kind of step it up to the next level. That's a good point too, about not forgetting about the, um, you know, the elder statesman. Yeah. Been well, for a while Devontae Freeman, there's another guy too. That, Devontae Freeman. That's back, my guy. Back to back two incredible seasons. Another guy, you know, how many backfields I have right now that are either Gurley and Freeman or Freeman and David Montgomery. Like that, those are like, you look at my teams, they're pretty much all the same basic guys for the most part. But it's because, like, I, I'm just not giving up on that. That That is an incredible offense. They play 12 games indoors this year. Yes. And, you know, let's let's realize that, yeah, he's been hurt. But even when Tevin Coleman was around, those were the best days of Devonta Freeman. So even if Ito or Hill or any of these guys end up getting some, doesn't mean that Freeman is automatically null and void. I think it's a terrible, terrible disservice that's happening right now in the fantasy community to Freeman. It's a I great value pick. You can get him in the third round right now, fourth round even. Middle middle of the third, closer to the end. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you, I see him go in the fourth all the time, and it just oh my I chuckle. I have him as my ninth running back right now, and he's actually yeah. I have him. Back. I have him in that range too. In our in our in terms, this is why relative position valuing the black book is so useful because it actually lives in reality. So it takes a combination of three year averages of a previous season stats and then of projections, and it weights them, and then it spits out a number, and then what we do is we compare all those top 12 guys to each other. And then it gives you a quantified ranking. So it tells you like, Oh, this guy is this much better than the fantasy league average RB one. Cause you would basically look and say, well, everybody has an RB one in their team for the most part. So it's not enough to rank guys. It's you have to quantify those rankings and understand how it changes in PPR as opposed to standard and all that stuff. And then to understand where Freeman is, his upside, you know, is, not that long ago was a guy that was going right at the turn who was a great all-purpose back who did nothing but score double-digit touchdowns for two straight years so 
I love this offense. The defense is terrible. Atlanta is going to be moving the football all the time. I think Freeman is just, again, grossly undervalued. Couldn't agree more with you. I mean, especially with the emergence of Calvin Ridley. I mean, Austin Hooper with his season last year, obviously that's going to make the defense. Hey, we got, we got, we got to back up a little bit. You still got obviously the greatest wide receiver right now as I Julio Jones. I mean, you got Julio Calvin and then Austin Hooper, even Muhammad Sanu on the field too. I mean, he's a pretty solid veteran to have out there. Give it to Devonta. I absolutely love his value. I couldn't agree more with you on that. And the fact that they don't play outside oh. until what week, <laughs> no. week 11? Uh, There's no elements. None. It's crazy. Something like crazy. Because Arizona's what? Arizona's like half and half? Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, come on. It's like so 80 cool. degrees in Arizona. Who cares? Like it's, <laughs> and here's the you know? thing, though, too, that we, Kyle and I were just talking about before this was the, the last, it's like the last, like, three games, two out of the last three, they're playing in San Francisco and then in Tampa. Every game is in warm weather. Literally every game. So it's, and that's why Matt Ryan is actually my number two quarterback. But well, that's, that's for another discussion. But um, yeah, I'll just jump in with mine. My my two that I had mentioned, um, I think, as top guys for me, they're going to be on almost every team, depending on, you know, the, if they're there or not for me, uh, is OJ Howard. I am a huge OJ Howard fan this year. Um, I don't value the tight end position entirely too much, but I do value his abilities. Um, a guy who's put up 11 touchdowns in only 24 career games, um, a freak of an athlete, 6'6", 250. He's going in the latter part of the fifth round right now in PPR leagues. I mean, I, I just I see him being a really integral part of that um, offense in uh, in Tampa. Um, once you you know have Evans, Evans, Godwin, and Scotty Miller, and then what? Nothing else. I think OJ Howard is a, is a nightmare to match up against, whether it's a safety, cornerback, linebacker, whatever it may be. I mean, he's a guy who can stretch the field, catch a 75-yard touchdown pass. Uh, he is a freak of an athlete. Um, 3.4 re- uh, receptions per game in 2018. He was on pace for a 54-reception, 900-yard, and 8-touchdown season. So I think he has huge upside this year to finish as a top-three tight end. My other guy is T.Y. Hilton. Um, T.Y. Hilton, with or without Andrew Luck, I know with Andrew Luck is that much better than without – um, but even when he had uh, no Andrew Luck back in 2017 and Jacoby Brissett, he put up 57 uh, receptions, 966 yards, and four touchdowns. Not a typical TY season, but still pretty damn good. Still pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love TY Hilton this year. He missed two games last year and uh, still finished with 76, one, uh, 1, uh, 1,270 yards and six touchdowns. He was on pace for 86 receptions, 1450, and seven touchdowns. I mean, he's the real star of the Colts. I mean, Marlon Mack is emerging here and there, but other than you know, Deion Kane, Devin Funchess, and a you know two good Paris, average Paris tight Campbell. ends, yeah, Paris Campbell and some average tight ends, um, they really don't have another star besides T.Y. Hilton. If Luck is healthy, I think T.Y. Hilton has the chance to finish as a top five, top six wide receiver. Um, he's a 16 plus yards per reception kind of guy. And he stretches the field for Andrew Luck. And if luck is luck's health matters a lot, I give them that. Um, but I absolutely love T.Y. Hilton being picked right now in like the early to mid third round, which I think is absolutely insane. Is luck healthy though? Is this reminds me eerily of that I don't situation know. two years ago with the shoulder where that nothing was wrong from April until the season. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, oh, it reaches the expiration date. It almost sounds like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have to test him. Apart. Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
there's going to reach a point where they're going to have to test him and they're going to have to see if he's capable of playing week one and putting pressure on that calf because otherwise that this could be a problem for the Colts because they have built themselves around the fact that they are a good team with good players and their best player, unfortunately, is the quarterback. And if he it goes down, then they're screwed. I think the Colts are screwed. I mean, they're a Super Bowl contender. I think yeah. preseason they were definitely a Super Bowl contender with that offensive line. I mean, improvements on the defense. Just hope he plays. Yeah, I love T.Y. either way, to be honest. So, <laughs> Joe, last question. Favorite Italian cookie, go. Schwiedel. Favorite Italian cookie? Oh, it's, the, it's just the tricolor, baby. That's easy. Tricolor. Oh. That's easy, baby. That's what it's all about, man. I know how my fiance makes them all the time. My mother-in-law. She makes them. That's a lot of work, man. That's a lot. Wow. It really is, but it is so worth it. Oh, it's it's totally worth it. You you got to have me over because I cook a lot. Like, I I mean, I do the pizza from scratch. I do everything. Like, you know, cooking is like my hobby. Uh, that's kind of my thing, and my kids are freaking spoiled because of it. But um, and I, I make every different cuisines, different stuff. But I'll make I, pasta. you know, baking. I'm yeah. I'm in, oh yeah, I'll do everything. I'm I'm oh, yeah. into the. I've gone more into the baking over the years, and I've done some good work. But that's one that I was like, oh, I don't know, man. It just seems like a ton to go through, and I could just go buy a pound of them and just. I'm telling you, it's so <laughs> worth it though. After or um, another one that you got to try. Uh, I can't even send you the recipe, my man. Uh, Pignoli cookies. Ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Those are send me the my... recipes for everything. Oh, my God. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, man. Joe, we appreciate you taking the time. Why don't you tell uh, tell our audience where they can find you? Well, it's always easier to not find me nowadays than to find me, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at JoePizzaPS17. You can check out the uh, number one best-selling fantasy football black book 2019. It's over on Amazon right now. You can get the paperback and the Kindle. It's uh, it's number one in fantasy sports now for six straight weeks on Amazon. We're crushing it. We hover somewhere between number two and number five in football books. We haven't hit number one yet, but I feel like I got a good feeling we're going to hit it this week. Last year, we were actually number one in football books for a couple weeks ahead of Tom Brady and ahead of Nick Foles book. It was crazy. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're right there. We're right on the cusp again. So uh, you can hear me on the uh, Fantasy Black Book podcast as well with me and Bogman and Welsh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can check out the DFS show I do with Chris Meany on deck for baseball and the pre-snap for football through Line Star. And uh, let's see what else. And I host a wrestling show. How about that? In this ring. So if you're a wrestling fan, every week me and Tim Heaney are breaking it all down for you. So I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, always fun talking football with my Jersey people, talking a little Italian cookies and everything in between. Well done, boys. Hey, yo. Thanks, thank you, man. All the success. Yeah, man. Great awesome. job. Absolutely, fellas. Another big thanks to Joey Tricolored Cookie Pizza Pia. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes, and now also on iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. Mm-hmm.